Hi, this is totally PJ Souls, and you're listening to Cinescare. Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe, the king of COVID, Jans. <laughs> and with us, as always, is the super fan, Mr. Mark Piscati. Hi. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Who has COVID? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, that's funny. Frog um, in my throat. Yeah, Joe, Mr. Joe Jans uh, did. He suffered through COVID, uh, but still managed to knock out some 2023 movies. Um, so, because I know where my priorities lie. Yeah, yeah. And we are now officially in 2024, Joe. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but uh, I was not. I've been. I yeah. wrote three bad checks then today. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, they well they could well not not necessarily because now they could have cha- cashed them last month. That's true. Yeah. yeah, hopefully they don't. Uh, but this brings us since uh, this is our very special episode. It's always a fun episode uh, when we do our 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 little top ten horror movies of the year. The fans just adore it. They do. They adore it. It's yeah. always our one of our most popular episodes and it's one that uh i mean we we all we all love the movies right it's it's one of my top sorry That's enough of that. Somebody, Sam. <laughs> this is one of my oh, top Lord. 26 favorite episodes of the year. <laughs> this is uh, one of my favorites that we do. I think it's uh, we all have a good time doing it. So, um, I do we want to? I don't know. Well, let's just uh, let's have Joe go first, Mark go second, and I'll go next. And the oh, rules- I thought we we're going to have Brian pick the order. Yeah, we should have had him on here to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Friend of the show, Brian, I wish we, yeah, we probably should have done that. But um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I guess we'll just have Joe go first, Mark go second, and I go third. And uh, as always, the rules are, if uh, Joe says his his number 10, and it's one that I have higher on my list, or Mark has higher on his list, we'll say we have it higher, and we'll save talking about that film until we get to that point. So uh, without any further ado. You don't want to talk about other stuff you watched? Uh, I f- since it's the end of the year. No, that's all right. Yeah. Maybe yeah, after, I guess we're going to be. We could talk about. Sure. I was thinking we'd talk about uh, maybe some honorable mentions and that sort of thing after. So we can kind of mention it then too. That's fine. And then we have a yeah, special prize. of consequence. What's that? 
what I watched was nothing of consequence. So that's yeah, fine. generally do that later. Generally for me too. I th- there was yeah. one that that um, there was one that I I was you know battling for. But sometimes you know when you watch these movies at the end of the year, you get this recency bias a little bit, and so it's like the yeah. last thing you saw really like goes up and you and you have to you kind of have to think like if i saw this in july would i still be thinking about it now wait a minute i'm assuming that you guys are like me and once you've solidified your top 10 that you go back and rewatch them all in sequential order to make sure that you're definitively set (laughs) on that you guys are doing that too right no No. definitely not (laughs) amateurs All right. Well, since you already did the sound effect, I'll just start off with my number 10. Wait, wait. You want the drum roll, though? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) My number 10 is Knock at the Cabin Door. M. Night Shyamalan. Not on my list. Not on your list. That's not my list. Okay. Um, It is on your list? It's number 10. Oh, it's number 10. Oh. Oh, you both did. Okay, great. Then we can converse about it. Yeah. Legally. So, uh, I am a uh, closet M. Night Shyamalan fan. I even liked some of the movies that everyone hates, like old. I still kind of dig that flick. Um, that being said, I thought there were lots of great performances. It was at the cusp of one of those little things that tickle my fancy, which is, you know, inevitably the end of the world. Um, I thought Dave Batista did a fantastic job. I never would have picked a guy like that for a role like this. And I applaud those casting directors who said, yeah, you know what? We're going to go with this guy. Um, Rupert Grint, uh, is, uh, another tremendous character. And because of his performance in this, I went on to watch, uh, him in that, uh, Matt, what was the name of that series that we were watching on Apple TV that he was in? Uh, his brother-in-law was the chef servant yes which he also did a fantastic job yeah and um the little girl in this film was fantastic as well i i love the storyline and i i thought it moved quite well i i basically i want to preface this uh my top 10 list are uh, it's it's my list it should be different from everyone else's because these are how i felt uh during these films how i liked them and how much enjoyment I got out of them. So that's, uh, I'm done defending myself. M. Night Shyamalan, Knock at the Cabin. Nice. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's defending yourself because it's. I think it's a great film. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan, a ding-dong, somewhat again, redeems himself by putting out a surprising film that was intriguing and interesting enough to, you know, crack my top ten. Same as you, uh, Joe, uh, the casting of David uh, Batista is phenomenal it's it's he's like this quiet giant in this film and he's just so soft spoken and it's you know he's not screaming he's not you know using his brute strength in most of the film he's just very calm and his demeanor is great and he's wonderful in it um i mean yeah i mean this film is about two married men and their adopted daughter who take who are taken hostage by four armed strangers in a remote cabin in the woods and the family is demanded that they make an unthinkable choice to save the world from an apocalyptic, uh, you know, just disaster. And, you know, it's kind of like the save the world movie and M night really delivered on it. And I mean, man, when he misses, he misses, but when he hits, it hits really, really well. And, um, he's just, M night is such a hit and miss 
director and but it's 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 great when it you know when he surprises us so i mean what what, what a rebound from his last film old to uh not get the cabin you know i like so. them both yeah i like them both mm. yeah uh all right well i guess that brings me to my number 10 sling it matt sling it. attachment Anybody have that on their list? Not on my list. Okay. Yeah, I, I was Not hoping it would. I, <clears throat> I was hoping uh, it wouldn't be because I, the, the, the six of we Joe and I talked about this uh, before Mark joined us uh, before we started recording, and and that is uh, number six through ten is so hard to do on these, and it's always that way. Uh, last year was even harder because there's there's you know you're one through five generally. You know, it's pretty easy to find five movies that were really your favorites, but six through 10, it could be any of another 15, 20 movies could fit in there. And, you know, like, like knock at the cabin, it wouldn't have been in my top 10, but I could see why it was in yours. And, and there are a lot of other movies like that too, but this uh, attachment was one that just stuck with me. It's been in my top 10 the entire year. I just about got pushed out, but you know, I was like, you know what? I liked this. It, it, and, and you know what I talked about earlier, recency bias, and that is the the latest thing you saw sometimes gets a little too ahead of of what it might be because you know distance in time. So if I had seen my number one in February, hopefully by now it's still at that place. You know what I mean? And and if it's not, then you know things get shifted around. But I figured it, this movie might not be in your guys's top ten. Uh, and so I, I definitely, I was thinking that way in my six through 10, I was thinking that way a little bit too. movies that might not be on your list that I think we should, you know, it, it benefit for one of us to at least highlight. And this is one that I think we all did like though. Right. Cause I think Mark, oh, yeah. you oh, just yeah. saw it. Right. Um, so we all really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and this is, again, it's about a, a Danish woman. This is a, a foreign film. It's a, about a Danish woman who was an actress past her prime who falls in love with a young Jewish uh, girl. Uh, oh, well, she's, I think she's, she's younger than her. I mean, she's an adult, but she's younger than the actress. And, and, they, and they move to, basically, they go to London, or she visits her in London, and they kind of sort of move in together. And, um, and there's something unusual about the mom and at first uh it, it seems like you the mother might be really religious and that's why she doesn't isn't taking to this relationship and maybe it has to do with you know kind of a homophobia thing uh but really there's something else going on and i don't want to say too much about that but there is a dark entity involved in this family and in this household uh, another character that I really loved was the uncle. I thought the uncle was quirky and hilarious. Uh, it's got some great stuff, some really creepy moments, and a, a kind of an unusual and interesting uh, mystery that didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. So that is atta Attachment, and you can find it on Shudder. It's a, a Shudder movie, um, and it's on, yeah, Shudder. So check it out. I highly recommend that. And it is uh Cinescare approved. We all liked it. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. So that brings us to back to Joe for number nine. Oh, what about me? You already had your 10. 
Oh, you not and I had the same Got number it. 10. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you uh, wasted that drum roll now. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Here, I got to do it again now. <laughs> My number nine is Cobweb. Uh, higher for me. Okay. I'll wait. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you are at number nine. Saw X. Not on my list. Higher. Ooh, higher for Joe me. liked it. All right. Joe, Joe the Joester. Um, I don't know. What the, <laughs> That's what my much. grandma used to call me. <laughs> Joe, Joe the Joester. Joe, Joe the Joester. He's always Joeing, that Joe. <sighs> yep. Um, okay, my Matt, number. Your number nine. Yep. Candyland. Nope. Not on your list. Not on my list. Good, no. good, good, good. Um, or I mean not good, but I it, I'm glad that if it wasn't on yours, that I I'm glad that I made it on mine. So uh this is uh uh a film, a very unusual film about a bunch of uh truck stop uh sex workers who become stalked by a um somebody who's kind of from a, a very strict religious cult. And it's, a, it's basically a slasher, but it's in a, in a, in a very A24. It's not an A24 film, but in that kind of vein, it's an art. I don't, I don't want to call it art house because I don't think it's that. It's not avant-garde it, in any way, but it definitely. What would you say, Mark? It's it, it's definitely got that quality of A24, like the film yeah. grain of it. Yeah, right. And it looks like an A24 yeah. film. The script is very much like an A24 movie. It's It's got a great di- great dialogue. The main killer is someone that they reveal very quickly. It's it's really part of the movie is is, is her transformation into a killer and, and, and kind of juggling the balance between kind of liking these people, but but feeling like she has to carry out this this religious duty that she has from this cult that she's in. So I, I really I, I enjoyed the scene with the the priest as well when he comes in he's so creepy and he, and he uh, such a such an interesting uh, and uh, the characters I just loved all the characters too you really get in into them and we, we all liked this one too right Mark you just yeah. saw it recently I yeah I saw it recently um, I I had a huge plot problem with the ending with William Baldwin and him taking the girl after seeing what he saw and he's, you know, a cop, he's a sheriff and he just takes her home. I, Mm -hmm. it was, it it just didn't make any sense to me. And William Baldwin's acting was par at best, subpar Mm -hmm. at best. I I liked him in it. I liked him in it. But, um, I mean, it's, I, I enjoyed, you know, the characters, like you said, um, uh, some of the nudity was very explicit. Uh, wasn't expecting some of that, but I mean, that's life. I mean, that's, it, it felt real, you know, Yeah. but yeah, it's, it, 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 it was like a simple premise of a storyline and storytelling, but it's like a interesting take on how they did it. It was just so matter of fact, it's like the, the kills did seem real. I mean, there wasn't like a chase or, Mm-hmm. Or whatnot. I mean, the, when the main character, what happens to the main character at the end, who you think is you're gonna see a chase, it doesn't happen. It just, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and it, it kind of, you know, didn't go in that trope in that 
you know, direction that most horror films go in. Anyway, uh, Joe, you liked it though, right? Oh yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my number nine and that is Candyland. You can find that on Tubi. It's, it's an interesting one. Definitely one worth checking out for sure. Uh, so that brings us to number eight, Joe. My number eight was Saw X. Ah, there you okay. go. So Joe and I, kind of close. We can talk about it. Yeah. Right? We can talk about this now? Okay. Uh, yeah. Most recent installment in the Saw franchise. I never, before watching this, I never would have guessed that I would have enjoyed it as much as I did, let alone it being in my top 10. I did, I, I've always got a soft spot in my heart for people getting what they deserve, especially bad people. Uh, so this, this appeals to my, uh, kinder nature. Um, I thought Tobin Bell still, still got his chops. I thought Amanda Young or Shawnee Smith, the girl that played Amanda Young, I wasn't even sure if it was really her in this film because it looked like she had a lot of work done or something. But anyway, I thought the kills were fresh. I, really enjoyed uh, the crafting of some of these films or uh, some of these kills, these uh, murder plots, whatever, and or machines. Um, I do enjoy how they sort of pepper through how this fits into the rest of the saga or how the rest of the franchise, like this begets, this begets, this. Some of these little reveals at the end, I don't know that were necessary, but I got them and I was fine with them. But really, it's just, you know, I like the blood. I like the gore. And it, this didn't disappoint. So that's why it's up as high as it is on mine. Yeah, I picked Saw X for uh, number nine because it's one of the goriest in the franchise and one of the best since the original. Uh, I mean, it's the tenth installment and uh, it takes place between Saw and Saw 2. So I, I like that little twist of it, you know, goes back to John Kramer, also known as Jigsaw, and he goes to Mexico for a risky experimental procedure to hopefully cure his cancer. And the operation is pretty much like a scam and he takes revenge on him. And so, yeah, when you don't like these characters, but man, it's fun watching them suffer for, uh, for what they did to him. Uh, truly bloody and horrific uh, traps and games, and this film goes the extra mile of gore and mayhem. Uh, a lot of dismemberment, almost too much for me. It was, you know, I, it was, but yeah, it's 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 a fun watch, and uh, you know, for for being its tenth installment in this franchise, I mean, it's it, it's impressive. So that's why I put it at number nine. All right. So moving on to. Matt. See, we're, oh yeah, it's me. You're number right? eight. I'm number. Yeah. Oh yeah, my my number eight. <laughs> okay, yeah, my number eight. Thanksgiving. Ooh, mine's higher. Up. Higher for you guys. Okay. Yeah, I figured it would be. I am shocked. That's on your top ten. Oh, yeah, me too. No, oh no, Just I based had a lot off of... of what your ten nine uh, ten and nine were, I <laughs> couldn't imagine that made the list. No, I, I had a lot of fun with Thanksgiving. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, we will move on to Joe's number seven. Uh, 
Thanksgiving. Ah, perfect. Hey, there it is. Is um, it higher, higher for you, Mark? Where's Mark? Higher. Okay. Okay, we got to skip. All right. So we're on to Mark. Mark, number seven. Um, I think I'm number eight. I'm on number eight. Nope. You did the same one as you guys just talked about your number eight. Number nine was Saw X for me. Okay. So what was your number eight? Um, I know it's not on your list. It's it's a wonderful knife. Oh, that's right. Because you guys got to fight. Wait a minute. Where did we talk? Hold on. Let me look at this. That was my... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Th- Thanksgiving was my number eight. I don't know why I said that. So, yeah, go ahead. W- what was your uh, number... It's a Wonderful Knife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure... It, do you have it higher? <laughs> it's not on my list. No. Not on my... <laughs> I figured that. Um, I, 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 I don't know why it's... It, it resonates with me so much. Maybe it's because uh, uh, it's it's a wonderful life is such a, a favorite uh, film of mine, and it it copies that uh, um, that kind of storyline. Um, I thought the kills were wonderful. I loved all the actors in it. They were believable. They're relatable. They weren't annoying. Justin Long's great in it. Um, I love the killer and the mask and just the whole outfit of it. Um, I did it, like. The it was just. It was really killer. fun. It was pretty. Uh, just watching, you know, uh, the lead uh, actress. And she she was great. It was just fun watching them all. It was great acting. Uh, the it just how you know if she wasn't you know, uh, basically alive, you know, and to save you know some people, and or stop the killer, then you know all this would have happened. It, it was just a really nice, interesting story. And, um, yeah, really resonated with me. Loved it. All right. All right. So that was Mark's number. That was Mark's eight. number eight. Eight. Yeah. I don't and know Matt, why. what was your number eight? My number eight was, was uh, Thanksgiving. Okay. Which you had to skip. Right. Which goes to my number seven. So now you're number seven. Which is yeah. Thanksgiving. This, this is starting to turn out oh, like the Stevie King draft. All right. Nothing so now is we're... as bad as the Stephen King draft. So I was going to talk about Thanksgiving, unless Mark's got it higher. I have it higher. Okay. Okay. So now we got to right. skip my so... number seven and go to Mark's number seven, which is talk to me. Higher. Way higher. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Uh... All right. So m- Matt. My, your number seven. <laughs> My number seven is Cobweb. We can talk about that now. All right. So, um, right? yeah, this is... Mark, where is it on your list? Or is it on it's your list? It's not on my list. Not on your list. Okay. okay. So, yes, yeah, we can but talk it's, about it. But it's an awesome film. It was number 11 for me. Yeah, this is, uh, I loved this film. Uh, it was, um, a, a, I, I was kind of surprised by it, but it's set in, at Halloween. We talked about it during our Halloween-y special just a couple um, months ago, but I thought Lizzie Kaplan was great in it. Uh, I loved the whole story, even though it is kind of a, a, a story we've seen before. I thought they did it in a very unique way. I thought the whole scene with the kid, there was a scene where these teenagers come in, these bullies enter their home 
And I thought that that whole sequence was really, really, in fact, it, it, I don't know if I'd say it made the movie, but it was really, it was great. Um, so, uh, that's why it is on my, um, it is in my top, or that is my number seven. I'm getting an echo from somebody, uh, so that I'm having trouble thinking straight, but, um, I, I think, yeah. Anyway, is it, gone? Uh, it, it is gone now. Yes. Um, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's my number seven. Oh, let yeah, me Joe. take the reins so, yeah. so I can talk about Cowboy. Sorry, um, go. I love Lizzie Kaplan in this film. She does fantastic jump scares. This whole film is just great with jump scares. Lizzie Kaplan is always a treat to watch on screen. And this is the first movie I had seen with the guy that played her husband, Anthony Starr, who also plays Homelander on The Boys, which I got to admit, I had never watched prior to this. However, after watching Cobweb, I've watched every episode of The Boys and just absolutely love Anthony Starr. He's fantastic. But I digest. This movie is, like I said, full of jump scares, full of gaslighting. I mean, it had me second guessing myself. Like, I really shouldn't be rooting for these people that I am rooting for and uh, really second guessing everything. And I love, absolutely love the set dressing of this entire film. The house, the boys' bedroom, everything in this thing, the, all the way down to the wallpaper looks so creepy. And then to yeah. top it off, they have a pumpkin patch in the backyard. Yeah. It's just bizarre. So if you yeah. have not seen Cobweb, you must see this. It's on Hulu. I believe it's still on Hulu. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta watch this film. It flew under the radar because it came out at, what was the same? There was something else that was really big came out at the same time. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. That's part of something okay. later. Okay. Yes. Um, so anyway, make sure you watch this one. I, I can't recommend it enough. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I love the, um, the pumpkin patch was, it is so cool back there and, and, and just the look of it, it's going to I, I see this, that I think it'll be a yearly October kind of movie to watch. So it's a wonderful film. Uh, all right. So that brings us to number, where are we at? Six now? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so hold on. Joe, what is your six? Believe it or not, my number six is Godzilla minus one. That's higher for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark, number six. My number six pick is leave the world behind. Not a mine. Uh, higher. I figured that one, yeah. All right. And my number six. My number six is one I guarantee you is not going to be on either of your lists. That is Skinamarink. Uh, Skinamarink is one. This was, <laughs> oh, this was uh, a movie that I uh, definitely respect more than I liked. But I watched it again in October and I liked it. I really, I, I did. There's something about it. There's something creepy about it for me. Uh, I love it. It's an experimental film. It pushes you. It, uh, 
uh, it asks you to to uh, fight through your boredom, which uh, makes Joe lose his marbles. But uh, I I think it's I loved it. I I don't think it's something that we'll ever see again. A movie like that in uh, in a multiplex and and. I think there's going to be movies like it come out, but it'll be, I I have a feeling that this movie and the reason it's in my top 10 uh, is that I think it's going to have a major impact on film. And I think that it's going to be sort of like uh, the way the Blair Witch Project spawned a lot of, uh, of other movies that took that medium and did more with it. And I think that I don't think you'll ever see a movie where there's that little that goes on and takes and and goes that far into a liminal space like this movie did. But I do believe that movies are going to take this concept going forward and and really do more with it. And I think probably if they had a bigger budget, they would have done more with this one. But I, I think it's it's they're on to something here that is going to be huge later. They tapped into a kind of dark web sort of um, uh, mysterious feel that a lot of people watch these weird videos with strange clues, and that's where this kind of this liminal horror kind of comes from. Is is the the web and and uh youtube videos of of weird scenes of course they're all like five ten minutes long and this is something that was you know an hour 40 or more uh but it really pushed the boundaries of what horror could be so that's why it's in my top 10 it's it's at my number six so that is skinnamarink and you of course can watch it on the wonderful shutter let's see so that brings us. It made to my no- it made my top forty one. <laughs> uh, that brings us to number five, Joe. God, I feel like we skipped Mark a bunch, but oh well. Uh, my number five is Leave the World Behind. Now you guys Perfect. can talk. Okay. Uh, this was a real oddball one and technically is it horror i don't know it's horror adjacent for whatever that means it's a thriller i'm a huge fan of uh sam esmel who wrote mr robot which is one of my all-time favorite drama series i never thought that i would put a julia roberts movie in my top 10 horror films of the year but again one of the things that really trips my trigger is a plausible end of the world scenario, something that could legitimately happen. And when it, when it brings up things like a a fire sale, like from live free and die hard, uh, things that can actually happen and all the propaganda, it's like it, it fired on all cylinders. And I thought the acting was tremendous from the entire cast and uh, I, I really enjoy that. I'll, I'll read the synopsis for those of you that haven't seen it. A family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. I, I'd also like to point out the, the beach scene is just so ominous while they're sitting there looking at the, the horizon of the beach and they see this giant ocean liner way off in the distance. And then they check back a little while later and it's closer. And it keeps getting closer to the point that it ends up coming into the beach. 
and it's just such a real realistic i guess scenario like i could believe mm-hmm. something like that actually happening so uh again that's on netflix and that's leave the world behind and mark this is your number six movie right yeah, yeah. so that's why it seemed to you like we skipped mark is because it was you guys have had a bunch overlap yeah no it's it's and it, everything that joe says is what i love about this film i was completely enthralled i was on the edge of my seat i love these kind of scenarios where you can put yourself into the character's uh, shoes and wonder if, if you would do the same thing and i would be absolutely uh the character uh the dad who uh played by ethan hawk getting lost because he doesn't have his garment or gps that would be me um and it, it was just a horrific uh, scene uh, when he, he pulls over and with this uh, Mexican woman uh, speaking Spanish and he doesn't understand what uh, she's saying. It was just so believable. There were so many believable um, things that these characters did um, that it just it, it just seemed so realistic. Um, the, the Tesla scene was 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 a uh, very, very uh, um intriguing to uh watch like that could actually probably happen um but yeah it's it's just a great film it's directed beautifully i love that scene where julia roberts and uh the the other actor uh dancing in uh, that living room uh with all those records in the background it was beautiful to watch it was just fun um yeah i mean it's not really horror it is a thriller there are um but it's it's a horrific uh, thought of how unprepared we will be if this ever happens. And that's what's so scary about it, you know? And I mean, also it's just intriguing that uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama uh, produced this because Obama uh, loves to read. And this was one of his favorite books that he's read in uh, such a long time. And he wanted, I mean, t- for a president to produce a film of this topic it's just scary to think about. He's going, hey, wake up, maybe. I don't know. It's it's just a great, great film. Uh, yeah, it's in my top 40. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Skipper. Oh, God. So, Joe, or no, Mark, this is now your turn for your number five. Thanksgiving. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Go for it, Mark. Yeah, um, after a, a Black Friday riot ends and tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terror- terrorizes the town. Um, director Eli Roth comes back to form as he makes his first attempt at the slasher genre, and he doesn't disappoint. The kills are fun. They're bloody. They're... Um, Inventive. Um, it, it was it was a nice callback to uh, slasher films. After watching, um, what was it, Scream Six or I don't even know the, the yeah Scream Six. After watching Scream Six and then watching Thanksgiving, Eli Roth. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. I, I mean, Scream Six was not. I wasn't impressed with that film. So it's nice to see uh, a slasher film like this uh, come out. Um, and I, I love uh, holiday-themed uh, horror films. What can I say? I mean, it, it, it was nice to see, and I wouldn't mind the sequel. Joe. 
Would the sequel have something to do with there being leftovers? <laughs> oh, I guess that was the actual uh, tagline. I think the actual tagline leftovers. this year, there will be no leftovers. Anyway, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was just a fun, old-fashioned slasher film. I'm glad that they're breathing new life into it. I don't want to say new life, I guess, uh, breathing more life into it because there are plenty of slasher films out there. I do agree. Some of the kills were extremely creative and they were just fun. And I loved that they had a realistic depiction of what goes on on Black Friday. For someone who has shopped on Black Friday for well over a decade, um, I was, it had always been something in the back of my head, like, God, somebody should make a horror movie about just this going awry. And I thought he did an excellent job. Um, other than, God, and I can't even, I was just about to make a point. Uh, I was going to say, other than Patrick Dempsey, whose name I had just forgotten, I don't know that I could name another cast member. They're all seem to be kind of like the same vanilla um, mm-hmm. archetypes, but I, I don't really care. I, I wasn't looking for a Sydney or anybody like right. that. I just wanted to get to know briefly a bunch of people. Gina Gershon's in this film, for God's sakes, and I could care less. Yeah. Um, I just need to get to know these people enough so I can say, all right, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And you're probably the hero. Oh, and by the way, you're the killer. You know, that's all I needed. I, I don't need a, a real long backstory. I just need to be introduced and, and get to know them slightly. Uh, I thought it was very well told. And the kills, again, and the special effects. Um, I wish there was more practical effects, but the things that they did with computer graphics were done fairly well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you guys... Uh, we're surprised it's on my list because I, I love slashers, you know, and and I am applaud I applaud the return of the slasher anytime I can, and and you know I I think that that whole the whole slasher concept is one that is right in my wheelhouse, so I'm very very forgiving anyway, even if it's kind of a bad movie. But this was very well done; it's a lot of fun. I thought technically it was great. I think this is Eli Roth's best best movie. And I, 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 you know, I think Hostel obviously is is masterfully done in the way that it toys with the audience, but there's there's kind of a, a, a you know a mean spiritedness to Hostel that separates you a little bit. You know, some of it goes you know a little on the far side, at least for me. But this this is just fun, and I, we had a blast. We laughed. The the, the comedy in it hits which it doesn't always in an Eli Roth film right his comedy sometimes can get a little on the juvenile side and just not that great um and I thought technically I thought the kills were good everything it just I thought it was just right and they took a long time to write it which may have been why you know but I thought they this is if this is where he's going to be going you know going forward this is great and it really does have the basis for a new franchise that could go forward you know in in much the same way that scream did so and i'd be right there for it because this kind of thing is right up my alley so uh i i definitely this could even have been higher for me uh i toyed with it being a little higher but but it, it's it's a I, I think i have it at seven or eight but this could have been higher for me certainly 
All right. So that brings us to number four. We're, we're past the halfway mark now. And uh, so number four, Joe. What is your number four? Uh, my number four is No One Will Save You. Uh, that is, hold on, let me look. It, it is, oh, wait a minute. Sorry, <laughs> we skipped me. Uh, but that's fine because it's my number five. So that actually works out perfectly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I skipped myself on that one because we got to talking about uh, Thanksgiving. But uh, so actually, it's my number five. So go ahead, Joe. Which is my number four. Where right. we got to wait for Mark. Mark, is it higher on yours? It's not on my list. Okay. Yeah. This is my sleeper silent favorite film of the year. And I say silent because there's no dialogue in it, which is why it's so appealing to me. This story is about an exiled, anxiety-ridden uh, homebody little girl who must battle aliens who's, uh, they found her way into her home every night. This movie is dark and eerie and creepy and tells such a wonderful story without uttering a single word. You just look at these visuals and you can tell who this girl is, what she's been through, how she's feeling, what she's expecting her relationship with the townspeople. I mean, you don't need all this hours and hours of dialogue to tell a story. This girl, it just emotes everything you need to get through a scene. It yeah. is utterly fantastic. I'm on the edge of my seat through most of this. The special effects are, are wonderful. And I mean, it's granted it's more of a, a sci-fi yeah. type thriller than a horror film, but still it's so creepy and eerie and it's basically, it's a home invasion film. And, you know, every night she's getting terrified by these aliens coming into her home. And I just, it's so rare to have a movie that's written so well and acted so well that they don't need to speak a single word. There's, I think one word or one sentence, one phrase in the entire film uttered once and that's it but yeah i i highly recommend this and this is on hulu so mm -hmm. no one will save you right yeah no this is i i loved this film too it's so well done and um very simple very effective just a tight little thriller uh no muss no fuss it gets right to it and and i i thought that the girl um, who I, her name has always escapes me for some, Caitlin Deaver. She's fantastic in it. And, and she, and everything that you're right, everything that she does in this is really just facial expressions and, and movement. It's, there's no lines for her and it's only about the stalking. It functions. Yeah. It, it, because it's an alien thing, it, it is sort of sci-fi, but it functions as a slasher almost a stock and, and uh, a stock and kill kind of thing, but with aliens instead of like a home invasion, normally a home invasion. It was like a home invasion horror film with an eight with aliens. Yeah. You could have probably rewritten the story without the aliens, but you know, like a group of teenagers that are constantly harassing her at her home or a monster, you know, it could have just been anything, yeah, you know? Yeah. And sometimes with aliens, people don't associate that with horror, but 
but the, in this case, it definitely functions as a horror movie, not a not a sci-fi to me anyway. So, uh, yeah, definitely, this was one of my favorites, and it's been up there since I saw it. I thought it was just a, a masterfully done uh, piece of just visceral uh, action. So let's see. That yeah, brings... I don't I don't know why this film did not hit with me like it did with you guys. I don't know why. I've had so many people recommend this film. And saying, you know, how much they loved it. I don't know why my brain didn't connect with this film. It, drive, it, it drives me crazy because, mm. you know, I mean, I see what you guys are saying, but this film didn't hit with me. Mm. I know I'm in the minority I, for sure. Well, I just think you watched it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you Plain just watched simple. it wrong. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's okay. It, it, Try it again, you know. Mark. Yeah. Someday. So that was was that your number four, Joe? Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Mark, your number five. So we're on Mark's number four. Yep. Mark, what is your number four? It is Infinity Pool. Oh, good. Not on my list, but I'm glad. I Not very on your close. List? Very Mine came, came very close to being. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's this film is so great. I this film for some reason, really connected with me. Just really hit me. Um, it's about uh, this guy and uh, this woman, James and Emma Foster, are enjoying an all-exclusive beach vacation on some fictional island, and they meet up with a woman played by the lovely Mia Goth, who uh, in terror you know, ensues, diving into reincarnation and murder. Um, I love this film. It's thought-provoking, and the storyline is so original. Uh, Mia Goth, of course, is superb in this film. Just like, it's just like Mia Goth can't do anything wrong. I mean, she's like the scream queen, in my opinion, of this day and uh, era of uh, horror films. You know, she is the next Jamie Lee Curtis for sure. Um, I just love everything that she's done, and. Um, Brandon Lukonenberg uh, um, is a real tour de force directing this film, and the film is gorgeous to look at. And uh, yeah, this film really got underneath my skin, and it, I, I just loved it. I just loved everything about this film. Yeah, that uh, this this would have been on mine, but I think you had talked to me about it and how much you loved it, and so I thought I figured it was going to be on yours. So then I put attachment in instead because I really love this too, and I thought I agree. Mia Goth was is she's one of my favorite. She's probably my favorite actress right now, and and I I cannot wait for Maxine to come out. And and this was she was so good in this that whole scene on the hood of the car. Oh my God. She's so good. And, um, you know, you can't go wrong with the scars. What's it? What scar? No, I can't. What are the, what's their names? Alex scars, 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 can't go with, can't, can't yeah. go wrong with the scars guard. Yeah. Um, okay. So I get, Oh, my number. That brings me to my number four. Godzilla minus one. Which I'm assuming I, is higher for you, Mark. I, I have it higher, but we can talk about it because it's actually my number three. Okay. Uh, well, no, because then we're I'm going to get confused and we're going to skip somebody. So let's just uh, we'll yeah, talk let's about it when wait we till get to your you. Three. Yeah. Let, let's. <laughs> okay. uh, so, Joe, Joe, what is your number three? When evil lurks. Higher. Higher. Okay. 
Uh, Mark. Okay, now we can talk about it. So you're number guess? three. Yeah, is Godzilla minus one. So now we can all talk about it. Uh, Joe, go ahead. I guess start, or you want to start us off, Joe? Or Mark can't no, go he ahead. Had highest. Okay. Yeah, Mark, you had a highest. Go for it. Uh, yeah, this is the 33rd uh, Godzilla film um, re- uh, released, and it's the best one yet, in my opinion. This is the best Godzilla film that's ever been in the movie theaters, by far. Um, and even though when, of course, when you get Godzilla on the screen and you're blown away on how terrifying he actually is, which is finally you get to see how terrifying Godzilla is. Um it's, I'm, I mean, I'm blown away. I'm blown away, not just by Godzilla, but it's the human characters in this film that you're more impressed with. Um, whether it's the group of men working on uh, this wooden boat that are collecting old mines, or if it's the lead actress in this film dealing with the hor- horrific events of this uh, huge monster, you really care for these uh, human characters. You don't want them harmed. And... So, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, it's scary because of that. And I never felt that way before watching a Godzilla movie. Um, it's I, It was made for $15 million. And, the you know, just the value of what they did with this film on that budget is astounding. Absolutely astounding. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful film. I can't believe... I, 33rd Godzilla film released and it's it's the best one. What do you think? Guys. Yeah, yeah, uh I loved it. I just saw it last week and um I I really loved it. And I didn't I did, for somebody I don't associate even though I I grew up watching these on Saturday afternoons and and I really when I was a kid I loved Godzilla and Godzilla versus Mothra and Godzilla versus all you know all those and and I, I really enjoyed them a lot, but I never associated them really with horror, even though they really are. I mean, it's a monster. It's a monster horror creature feature kind of thing. So uh, I, we went to it last week, and, 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 but it's not just – I mean, it, the, the Godzilla looks great and the action was great, but there's also a real heart to this movie. And I really cared about these characters, which you don't always get in horror Often you don't get it in horror in general, but definitely don't get it in many Godzilla movies. And I really, really deeply cared about this guy and the girl that he, you know, that he met and the baby. I I thought that whole storyline was fantastic. And often in a movie like this, you'd be waiting for God. That's always kind of the problem with Godzilla movies, especially the one that came out in 2014 is that there's not enough Godzilla and there's too much other stuff going on. You're like, well, when do we get to Godzilla? And in this one, I didn't mind it because I was so invested in these characters and get it. And when the payoff happens, it's fantastic. But there is a scene that I thought was just absolutely masterfully done out in the ocean that reminded me of Jaws where they're kind of towing the, the you know and I <laughs> I just thought it was great. This the characters were funny. 
uh, often humor doesn't translate very well in the in in these. But I thought that the the crew of the boat that he was with were guys that you want to hang out with. I loved their personalities, the older guy and everything, and and it just it was such a there there was something just charming about it, but also kind of frightening and exciting. It hit on every level. I thought it, you know it's number four for me. But it could. I technically, it's probably the best movie of the year. I just, I don't think it's quite horror enough for me to over have it jump over my other movies that are my top three. Uh, but this is this is really great stuff. So, uh, Joe, I am not normally a Godzilla fan, and the deck was stacked against this because I saw. This film at the theaters at like the movie started at 10 o'clock at night. And it was the second day I was finally out of COVID quarantine. Wow. <laughs> so I was kind of all set to just be like folding my arms and like, hmm, I'm not going to like this film. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> that I'm is the worst mood. scenario for Joe to yep. see a movie. My God. Couldn't get any worse. And um, so I, I snuck in a couple energy drinks and a whole bunch of sugar. And I'm like, I'm staying awake for this. And I got to admit, not being a huge Godzilla fan, I really had a lot of fun just watching it. It was just a fun ride. I didn't expect it at all. I was, you know, I've, I've just seen, you know, like a handful of Godzilla movies, typically on a Saturday afternoon during Sonus Fanguli out of Chicago. And I would stick around long enough to see one guy in a rubber suit fight another guy in a rubber suit. And then I get bored and I turn it off. It's just not my thing, but the characters in this film made that downtime, Matt, just like you said, in between Godzilla features, so enjoyable. The, the times that Godzilla was on screen were just magnificent. I mean, you really get a firm grasp of the scope of how large this thing is and just, yeah, you know, the, the wake of destruction that lays behind this creature mm-hmm. and it's very realistic. I, I just thought it was a cool, fun movie and it was good enough to snap me out of being grumpy and sick and tired. So and, and you that know says what, a lot for me. You know what the, else they did really well is they made the creature. He's obviously he's not the guy in the suit, like what we grew up with, but they made him look like it. You know what I mean? Like they, it's, it's obviously yeah. CG, but it made it look like it's that same. They didn't try to update the, the style of him or anything. Uh, right. and, and the whole thing with his horns on his back, the plates on his back going out and that charging. That was awesome. So it was cool. awesome. So cool. Yeah. And that let, oh, well, I don't want to talk about the ending, but there's a shot at the end where a plane does something and I loved it. I thought it was just amazing. So yeah, it, I will this, say this. I'm this not going to go back joy. and rewatch. I'm not going to go back and rewatch a bunch of Godzilla films because I really like this one. But I will say right. this. If the next one that comes out is as good as this, I will continue to watch from this point on. Well, I, M- Michelle and I, Michelle loved this too. We, we saw it together and she really loved it. And she was like, I, now I kind of want to get on a Godzilla kick. So we started watching uh, Monarch, which is on Apple TV plus the new show having to do with this 
Monarch Legacy of Monsters, I think it's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I've been watching it also. It's good. It's yeah. really good. It's not as good as this, you know, and they're not connected. I mean, yeah. the, it's, it's not, not even close. But. It's connected to, the Monarch is connected to the 2014 Godzilla, uh, not not this one that came out, but I right. mean, they're sort of all in a weird universe. Um, there are connections. You'll hear in this movie, you'll hear things that are also mentioned, like Bikini uh, uh, Island or whatever that the, uh, is also mentioned in the TV show. And so there's a lot of the lore I just don't know because I, I was a kid last time I really watched these. But it it's it made it, it got us interested. So we've been watching Monarch. Highly rec- <clears throat> sorry, highly recommend that as well. So, but th- this is just pure joy. I love it. Yeah, so. and in uh, Monarch with the it with uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Wyatt Russell, his uh, son, and right, it, and Wyatt Russell plays the you know the younger version, and man, it just works. They look yeah. so much alike. Oh, it works. Like, yeah, it does. It completely works. And the the whole thing, the dynamic with the 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 woman who the Chinese scientist. Uh, I think she's Chinese, not Japanese, if if I'm not mistaken. But um, uh, the scientist and that whole dynamic is kind of a almost a love triangle, sort of. As it, we haven't gotten, uh, we're, we are caught up now, but you, you're not sure what that relationship is and and who the kid is and how these the, the, there are some main characters in present time who are descendants of of a child of the doctor but you're not there's some ambiguity about that as well so it's it's very interesting show highly recommend it but uh it's not it doesn't rise to the level of this movie though and if you are at all on the fence about a godzilla movie go see this one because i think you'll i think you'll be uh very very pleasantly surprised um okay so that is that was your number three mark was that right and so that let us talk yeah. about it, right? Um, so my number three. And I think this is where we're going to start having a lot of overlap. Uh, my number three is Evil Dead Rise. Is this higher on anyone's list? Mine. It's higher for me. Okay. All right. Higher for me. Uh, so number two, Joe. This is my number three. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, did, how did we, did we skip you on three? What, what happened? Mm. My, no, yeah, we did because, um, we had Mark go first. Oh, no, you said Godzilla. talk to me was your number three, right? No. Hmm. So, okay. That's so what's your number, number three? My number three is when evil lurks. Yeah, it's higher. We yeah. yeah, higher for me. Yeah, you you, oh, okay. you said that. You said that. Okay. Um, All right. So we're on to my number two. Yeah, your number two. Talk to me. Oh. Uh, it is also my Talk number two. Me. It's also my number okay. two. Mark. And it was Mark. my number seven. Oh yeah, it was, and Mark had it okay. further out. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. Loved this film. Saw it in the theaters. Can't wait for it to be free streaming on some sort of service again. Talk to me is a group of friends that discover how to conjure spirits. When using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes a terrifying supernatural force. 
this movie was fantastically creepy. It's something a lot of people can relate to. You do stupid things at your high school friends' parties, but they're typically things like a Ouija board or, you know, goofy things like that. This one takes it so extreme and they update it too, because these kids are not only pretty much crossing over to another realm, like crossing over into the dead, but they're like video recording this and putting it on YouTube and everybody's sharing it and stuff. The possessions that occur during this transfer are horrifying. The, the effects that they perform on these, these kids, these high school kids and their younger brother. Oh my God. What happens to the younger brothers is frightening as all get out. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's terrifying. The jump scares are phenomenal. And the whole story is just eerie, eerie, and creepy. And uh, I I cannot recommend this enough. The acting is great. I couldn't tell you the names of any of the actors that are in it. I believe this is all like their first time, or at least I've never seen them anything before. But uh, the story is tremendous, and I that's it, it was so good I had to put it as number two. Yeah. It, was this year number two? Is, or no, it was higher for you, Mark, right? Um, so yeah, I, or it was further back. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I thought it was a a really cool concept and, and I do, I agree that the possessions were horrifying and when they look across and see the dead person that's sitting there, it's, it's shocking. It's very effective. Uh, I, I really enjoyed also the, the glimpses of, of, of what's happening to the boy, the one that gets sucked up or whatever. And, and I thought the ending was perfect. I thought this was just a fantastic new, fresh horror movie. Uh, and, and I, the cast, I didn't, hadn't seen any of these people, but they all seemed like, you know, uh, stupid young people, basically is really what it comes down to who have found this cool toy and it's kind of dangerous, I, but they also have a nihilistic side to them. Yeah. I, I hate to make this comparison, but like, you know, our generation or a generation ago, we had a movie that came out that was trying to do this. It's called Urban Legends. And it was, right. you know, a bunch of college kids like, oh, this is this is the spooky story that I heard. Well, this new generation, these kids nowadays, they get to grow up with stuff like this, this A24 right. film. This is fan. This blows Urban Legends out of the water. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, though this is this is really well done, and um, it is it's it is like an urban legend if it was done by A twenty four, you know, uh, just a great movie. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on Talk to Me? Yeah, no, it, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I find it fascinating that uh, the director is two guys; it's directors, and mm-hmm. they are YouTube. They've been YouTube creators on YouTube for since like 2013 and they they just you know bring out content of um did you guys ever uh, see that uh one video of uh two guys uh, with the lightsabers and they're in like target and they start fighting and then you know you see a millennium falcon and you know and uh, yeah. harry potter characters those are those are they guys brothers? are huh? they brothers they have the same are they brothers they have the same last yeah. name and um so you know, they made, you know, got enough money to make this film and uh, made made it. And uh, it's just phenomenal. And AT, A24 uh, bought it. 
And you could really see some uh, behind the scenes on YouTube, just on their channel about, you know, making this film. Um, they have a passion for it. And they knocked it out of the park. I mean, it's 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 scary. The possessions were great. That that uh, lead actress, um, she's phenomenal in it, uh, just with her possession alone. And with that one kid banging his head on the desk was horrific. Just that's so, the one that I want to so watch damn over scary. and over and over again. So oh wild gosh. is her name. But yeah, no, it's 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 a great film. I loved it. Yeah. Such a, such a good one. And it, and it was one of those, it was one of those that the talk, there was some buzz about it, you know, and, and it lived up to it, you know, so not all, not all of them do, but this one definitely does, did. All right. So that was Joe's number two and my number two. Oh, so Mark, what's your number two? Evil Dead Rise. Uh, it's it higher for Joe? Yeah, it's higher for Joe. So now, <laughs> well, that brings us to our number ones. We might as well talk about it. Uh, Joe, what's your number one movie? Mad God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. And I wasn't totally kidding before about when i said you mean you guys don't make your top 10 and then go back and rewatch them all to solidify it because i actually did that with this one i just watched mm. rewatched evil dead three days ago mm. um i i got the 4k blu-ray as a christmas gift and just couldn't pass it up i think i've seen this movie i was trying to go back and do a fresh count somewhere between eight and ten times this year oh that's awesome <laughs> and i just can't get enough of it it is so good on so many levels but that i've never seen an opening of a movie that gets me jazzed more so than this film mm. the brief introduction at the cabin with uh there's a possession that starts off and they they loop it around to bring it again into the you know to to an, sort of answer how it came to be in the first place towards the end of the movie or at the end of the movie I should say, but to start up where they did at this cabin gets you all you know warm and squishy about oh it's Evil Dead this is in the woods this is you know like Ash from way back when no totally different direction. But it's the best visual I've ever seen when the main girl plunges into the water and then all of a sudden comes, rises up out of the water. And then in the background, above the tree line, Evil Dead Rise comes out bigger than life. And you're just screaming at the top of your lungs. Yes. All right. Let's get going. I can't wait. It's like you're on a roller coaster and you're climbing up to the very top of that first drop. And then it hits and this movie never lets up from that point on the kills are absolutely fantastic. And I just want more and more and more of this. And I hope to God they make more because this was just too good. The, mm -hmm. the blood, I think it was like hundreds or 1100 gallons of blood or was it 1700 gallons of blood? I It's, I, I used to think that if any other movie has an elevator that opens up and gallons of blood fly out of it, that they don't deserve to do that because the shining that's theirs. 
but this one did it and mm-hmm. they did it really well. And I don't take any points off for that at all. Um, the movie is just creepy. The actors, the kids are phenomenal, especially that, uh, I think it's the middle child, the girl with the short black hair, and she's eating glass off the counter because of the creepy crawlies that are in her stomach. She's trying to kill him. It's just so disturbed and disgusting. This is on HBO Max. If anybody hasn't seen this yet, um, I say forget it, though. Just run out and buy yourself a copy so you have it forever. So that is my number one of 2023. No big surprise there. Not a surprise. No, not a surprise. Yeah, no, that I this was a fantastic film and it was definitely it was my number one uh until I saw a couple other movies that I just liked better. But I I really love this. It could easily be, you know, my top three were not necessarily interchangeable because I I think my number one is one that I, I'm I'm I is like an all decade movie for me. Um but but it's up there, and it will, might even be an all-decade movie, too. Uh, this was not – this year I don't think was a a huge – like last year was a year where there was just so much. The quantity was massive for quality. And this one wasn't quite that much. Once you got into the 20s and 15, 20, the, you know, it was a little easier to drip up. But the top – of this year is really strong. The top three or four movies are really, really strong this year. So this was, I, I love this one too. I thought it was, um, you know, really well done. I think that, you know, there were stuff even going on in the background of scenes that were just creepy as hell. Um, so I, I, I love this one too, Mark. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what I loved about this. It's a nice change because it was in a different setting instead of just at a cabin and it was a nice change of pace of having a family deal with this instead of like some college buddies, or, you know, like uh, like the rest. The kills were great. The tension never let up in this film. It was just nonstop and it just kept going and going and you needed a break and you don't get it. You know, they just don't give it to you. And it's it's just it was just such a fun film to watch. And with this film coming out, I think. This, I mean, we have to talk about this horror franchise of Evil Dead has to be one of the best horror franchises out there. I mean, it just doesn't miss. The remake is phenomenal. Might the, be a the good, one before. Uh, might be a good pick for the coming year, Evil Dead yeah. franchise. Because there are five movies in the franchise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've talked about all of them at various times, but we've never done it as a franchise, I guess. Sure. And, then, and we've never there, done Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. That's true. Yeah. Army of Darkness. And and there's a I Ash versus Evil Dead TV show I hear is it was really good too before it got canceled. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a great film. It it was it was my number one for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was for a good part of the year, it was my number one. All right. So this brings us to Mark's number one movie of twenty twenty three. Well, no big surprise, Matt. I, you probably know when evil lurks. Yep, same for me. Yep, it's 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 the one. It's the yep. one that stuck with me the most. It's mm-hmm. the one horror film that I've recommended to everyone I see. I couldn't stop talking about it at work. I was going, "You got to go see this. You got to go see it. It's it's just fantastic. Um, it's it's just a wonderful film. 
how it all goes. It's the most unlikable lead character you probably um, have seen in a while. He does really stupid uh, mistakes, and I love that fact of it because every stupid mistake he makes, there are consequences. You know, like it, the dog scene is will, mm-hmm. will always stay in my mind. It's just cemented of that. Oh, it was yeah. a quick take, just a quick take, and it looks so real. And it was just horrible, horrible to see what was happening to this character underneath the table. And mm-hmm. it was in that whole uh, montage of just um, when he's over at the family and he's getting out of the clothes and he's naked and the wife screaming at him. The tension was just great. Uh, the act scene, uh, you, you'll, you just can't get out of your mind. Um, I only had a little bit. Well, I, I don't guess I don't have a problem with it because the guy just made a freaking stupid mistake and there was consequences for it. But it, all in all, I mean, I saw this in the movie theater. Um, there was uh, like two guys in uh, like four rows behind me in the theater because, I mean, it was being released on Shutter soon, but it was like a limited uh, theat- theatrical release. But these two guys in the back, they were having a blast watching it the gasps and you know they were laughing because they were felt so uncomfortable with some of the scenes and i even looked back and i was going this is pretty good right and they're like yeah this is great it, it was just a really fun uh, uh film experience um, that i had this year <laughs> yeah um yeah no i agree mark i i loved loved this movie and and i i remember when i i heard about it and i was like oh i gotta say and then i listened to this other podcast colors of the dark and they talked about it and i was like well okay now i gotta go see this and it it opened here in la before uh, most other places so i got to see it very early and oh my god this was so good. i just was blown away like it, that and, and it's not just the dog part of that scene from the minute they get to the ex's house and the whole family's there it, you can feel, you know, something's being set up because they keep going to the little girl and they go to the dog and they go to the little boy. And then the guy is arguing with the wife and he's taking off his clothes, which he shouldn't have been doing in the first place. He shouldn't even have been in there with his clothes. And the dog goes and sniffs it. It's just, it was so meticulously put together that that one scene was so well done. And that sequence that starts from them arriving at that house all the way through to the end when they leave that area because they run down the street to find the dog. And uh, that whole sequence, that five to 10 minutes, probably 10 minute part of the movie, 15 minutes, I don't remember how long it was, was so well done. It does kind of forgive some of the, some of the ending, like the ending. I, 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 I I don't want to say that it was a disappointing ending, but I, I really, there were some parts like, why is he still acting so stupid? You know, like to the end, he's acting stupid. And and I loved it for that at the same time. But it was frustrating uh, because you're so invested. And that, you know, that told me by the time it, at the ending, I was so frustrated by this guy. I thought, well, that's the sign of a really well-made movie because I was so invested at that point. Um, and and there, there were a few images in in this movie that I'll never – take out of my head i'll never forget them and that's 
the mark of, of some amazing filmmaking as well. So this is, if you have not seen it, you gotta, you gotta watch it. It is on shutter. If you have shutter, it's free with the subscription. If you don't have a subscription for God's sake, it's six bucks or whatever for a month. And there's so many great movies on there, but this filmmaker, Damien Lugna, I think is his name. Uh, he, he directed one of my favorite movies from the last decade. And that was terrified, not terrifier, terrified. Uh, that was a wonderful movie too. Very creepy, scary movie. And there's some, again, there's some images in that movie that I won't get out of my head. Like when that, that woman comes running out to the car and she's all deformed. There's some images in that movie that I won't get out of my head. So this guy, and he's got a new, he, there's a a new anthology that I haven't watched yet. I meant to watch it this week, but I had heard that it, some of the other stories, the anthology is kind of up and down, but he has one in this anthology called satanic Hispanics. That is from what I understand, the best of that anthology and really really strong so i want to check that out it's called satanic hispanics and i believe right now it's only available for rent but it it might be coming to shutter i'm not sure if it's a shutter movie or not actually but it is available for rent now so i i do want to check that out this week um uh joe what are your thoughts on on when evil lurks i had this as my number three but i i i mean you guys have said pretty much everything but I do want to point out what I appreciate the most of this film or this film director are the subtleties in it. Yeah. Like everybody talks about the, the ax scene, the hatchet with the pregnant woman and her right. husband. But I think the part that impresses me most of that scene is what happens right beforehand where the husband's got the shotgun mm-hmm. and he fires a warning shot up into the sky at these goats and they all scatter except for one. Right. And that one goat just sort of walks up to him and puts his forehead right against the muzzle of that shotgun. Daring As him. if to Begging say, go him. ahead, I dare you. Yeah. I dare you. So that's good. when you're like, oh, we're fucked. It's, yeah. it's never going to get better than this. Yeah. And then the the scene with the with the son, the kid who cannot talk or speak or emote and yeah. how he's at that dinner table and he's pulling that black garbage out of his mouth. And then all of a sudden he just kind of like looks out of the corner of his eye at his was grandmother or somebody. And it's just such a creepy reveal yeah. that this kid is cognizant. He's aware of what's going on, or at least he's possessed now to the point that he's aware of what's going on. It's just all those little subtleties. They don't cost a dime to put into the movie. Yeah. And they're just so spectacular. Yeah. It's like you need to rewatch this movie with a microscope. Just analyze scene after scene after scene. Yeah. So great film. Yeah, and that one that one scene where the woman's walking down the road and the car passes and what what's what she's doing? Oh, oh my yes. god! Like a bag of chips or something. Oh, oh my god. god! Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. That's one of those images. There just there were scenes. This movie is is a uh, you know it's a story obviously, but it's a collection of set pieces and, and a, a collection of scenes that are just truly memorable and, and not, and not, I mean, there are things in this I have never seen in a movie there, there and multiple things like that, that I have never seen done in a movie before. And, but it's done in a way that doesn't, it's not mean spirited in that way. You know what I mean? It's not just for shock value. It is, there's a reason it's happening 
And, and it's so it's pushing I, the story along. Yeah, it does. It's, it's not just yeah. for the sake of being shocking and mean spirited right. and narrative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, that was our top 10 movies of the year. We actually, I feel like we had quite a bit of overlap this time between all three of us. Um, more than I thought we were going. Yeah. To. When evil lurks, talk to me, evil dead rise, Godzilla, no one will save you. Cobweb we'll save or you. not. Yeah, thanks. There were a ton that we all had in yeah. common. Thanksgiving. Or, or that two, at least two of us had in common. At least two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there were uh, quite a few that we all three did because talk to me was in all three. When yeah. evil lurks, evil. Ta- yeah. There were quite a few that were in all three of ours. You want to, so. you want to dive into your 11 through 20? Uh, sure. Uh, my 11 through 20 would, be, and, and this is the order on this is a little you know, I didn't. I didn't go so meticulous in this order, but uh, it. So I'll just read them in the order that I have them. But that's not necessarily the order I put them in. Ghosts of the Void would be one of mine. I have it at eleven, but I don't. I I don't know if it would be eleven. But Ghosts of the Void is one that Joe told me to watch, and and I really liked that one. You were right. It's definitely my kind of movie. That was mm-hmm. that was a great movie. Uh, Venus was one that has been in my top 10 up until just this last week. And I, I, I didn't put it in, uh, but it could easily have been in there. I thought one of you guys might have it in, uh, infinity pool, the boogeyman birth, rebirth almost got in mine in my mother's skin, the harbinger, totally killer, sick influencer. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Uh, my 20 was Renfield. Uh, ah. 19 was attachment. Um, 18 totally killer. 17 Megan. 16 night of the hunted. 15 was sick. 14 was dark harvest. Uh, 13 was scream for uh, six. 12 was the wrath of Becky. Fucking love that film. I never and, saw uh, that. 11 was influencer. Yeah. How about you, Mark? I'll, I'll do my uh, dis, uh, my top fifteen. Uh, top fifteen was uh, Renfield. Uh, yeah. Fourteen was the Bone Woman. Thirteen was Boogeyman. Twelve was Venus, and eleven was Attachment. Oh, you like the Sarah the Bone Woman? Yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah. pretty good. Uh, and uh, also got me to thinking that. Well, I guess we kind of talked about it, but uh, you know, movies that that we watched recently, but um, it also got me to thinking about what were some, some discoveries from this year from our picks. Anybody have anything that jumped out at them as something that was in a movie or one of our picks that uh, you, you guys remember as being memorable or that what, that you really loved. I don't remember if this is one of our picks or not, but that whole um, Malum, and first hmm. shift yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, it just, it wasn't, I guess it stands out for the wrong reasons. It, it stands out as mm-hmm. we had such a fantastic film and then we got a Hollywood studio budget behind it. And so we're yeah. going to remake it and it just failed so bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. That's really the only one that comes to the top of my mind. Yeah. Influencer. Um, Influencer. Yeah. In my head. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't one of our picks, but yeah, that was one of that was a good one. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, of my picks, the love I, I enjoyed the Love Witch quite a bit, and uh, 
uh, I think we we had the camping horror. Absolutely. Who who yeah. did camping horror? Was that you, Mark? That had that? No, as, that was James. That was James. Okay. Oh, it was Jimmy, uh, yeah. I thought there were some some movies in there that were pretty good. He also keep it sleazy. He had a he had a couple good picks this year. Don't fuck in the woods. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Was that you? <laughs> that wasn't yours, right? That was Jimmy's, right? That yeah. was Jimmy's. Yeah. yeah, don't fuck in the woods. Oh god, that was horrible. <laughs> that so was bad. great. Yeah. Let's not discount the ever popular Absolute Zero. Oh, or episode. hardcore horror. Oh God, Joe, yeah. you had you had some punishing, <laughs> punishing yeah. picks this year. Uh, well, uh, ladies I and gentlemen, it. this brings us to a little. Uh, I I whipped together for everyone's enjoyment a little 2023 Cinescare horror trivia. For what? Mark and Joe, a little trivia. That's right. Uh, so fantastic. Your oh, name, no. your name is your buzzer. Oh God. So I, I don't have any. Let me see. Do I have any trivia music? Uh, uh, hooray for! Oh no, here we go. Matt, Let's, you know how I feel about trivia. Now it's not working. No, oh God. I can't get the date. Ah, oh, now that means I can't get the wrong buzzer. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it won't start. Anyway, uh, okay. So our trivia. We'll do it in post. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it in post. Uh, the name uh, is your buzzer, of course. And um, so without any further ado, let's start 2023 horror trivia. Cinescope. So number one. 2023 was another stellar year for horror at the box office. What was the highest grossing horror movie this year? Whoever, mm-hmm. uh, and th- and this one, I this one will be one. Actually, don't need your name as a buzzer for this one. I'll give you both a chance to pick, and whoever gets closest, uh, or I'll give you both a chance to pick. I guess, yeah. So, what was the highest grossing horror movie this year? Oh. I'm gonna say Megan. All right, Mark. Megan. <laughs> you pick. You're just picking the same one. No, you're both wrong. It was Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh. Now, two hundred ninety-five million dollars. The Nun came in second. That the made nun, the most. Yeah, the Nun two. Came and it was in released on Peacock like simultaneously, right? Yeah. And it made a huge box office, even though it was day, yeah, day and date. All right. Number two. Two of the highest rated horror movies of the year. And this is uh, Your Name is Your Buzzer. Uh, two, <laughs> two of the Mark, highest. Go ahead and answer, Mark. Go ahead, go ahead Mark. and answer. You rang in. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to be Godzilla minus one. No. So, Mark, Joe, would you like me to finish the uh, question? Yes, if you could f- read the entire question, please, I would appreciate yeah. it. Two of the highest rated horror movies of the year were Talk to Me and When Evil Lurks. Both were foreign films. From which countries did they come respectively? Australia. Uh, for which one? Talk to Me. All right. And for Evil or uh, When Evil Lurks? Mark. Joe, it's uh, Joe's turn. You've already answered. Um, Mexico. South America. No, Mexico. No. Uh, it was... Mark, Mark, Mark. Yes. Argentina. Yeah, but it doesn't count because... Fuck. Uh, so, 
Here we are, number three, and the score is zero to zero. Nil, nil. <laughs> it's like a soccer game. Uh, all right. The crowd is is enjoying the laughter. Um, number three. This year, Cinescare had multiple guests on the show. Who were they? Mark. Uh, and... Oh, and the last part of this, Mark, I will read the and uh, you must pronounce the first and last names. So go ahead. Go. Oh. Who was I'll just let Mark take this one. Uh, Catherine Horan. Okay. Vincent DeSanti. Yep. Um. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Got to be able to pronounce the name. Yeah, friend of the show, Brian. Okay. <laughs> no. No. I you 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 What's really want name? me to pronounce his last name? Uh, yeah, Joe, yeah, could you uh, tell us who our uh, guests were? Catherine Horan. Yeah. Vincent Desanti. Yep. Uh, Brian Nesbitowski. Yep. Fuck. And Danielle Von Fitch. There you go. Woohoo! Oh. How did I forget about Danielle? I don't know. Nez Batowski, good okay. Irish Catholic name right there. Ding, 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 ding. Um, all right. So, <laughs> Joe. Mark, for the record, I learned how to pronounce his name ages ago when you couldn't, and he's your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a speech impediment. We, we, we have known uh, Brian for all of like two years now. and uh, Six months. Yeah. yeah we can say Nez Batowski. <laughs> um, he's going to give me shit for that. Number four. Well deserved. <laughs> uh, number four. So Joe, all right, let me mark this down. Joe has one. You got one. And Mark has zero because he can't pronounce his best friend's name. This is the last um, question, right? Yeah. No. Last question? No. Uh, yeah, number four. Uh, Catherine Horan was our first guest of the year. She had a hilarious quote about Mark. Joe. Mark. Joe. I pulled a mark. Um, Five second roll. Bringing home the back. Bringing home the bacon. Eh, eh. Um, Mark, would you like me to finish the reading? The yes, question? I would. Uh, Catherine Haran was our first guest of the year. She had a hilarious quote about Mark that that episode where she said he tries oh. so hard. What was the theme of her pick? This was actually a Mark trap question, Joe. So you kind of what was the theme of her pick? The, the, the uh, name of horror the Kevin Bacon films, right? But what was it? What did she name the? What was the name of the theme of her pick? Bringing home the bacon. Very good. Good job, Mark. Wait a minute, isn't that what I said? You don't know what I said. No, you said you didn't know, so it was it was over, right? No, I said I had uh, I pulled a mark. My right. guess was bringing home the bacon, right? But yeah. I thought that. But Which it was already Mark's turn, I think, when you said that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. You gave him the answer, basically. I'm not. I'm not petty like Mark. Well, I knew the answer. <laughs> Nesbitowski. Uh, Nesbitowski. Oh, ne- Nesbitowski. See, I can't even say exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um. What was it? What was it? Uh, Brian said on that episode, twenty years out the down the drain or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. 
So our uh, number five, our own Jimmy O hasn't been on the show in some time. What was the theme of the last pick he had before uh, this year or last year? Mark, go ahead. Sleazy horror. No. Uh, Joe. Joe, uh, camping horror. It was TV terrors. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Number six. Joe had some brutal picks this year. Name the consensus worst movie of all his picks. Mark. Go ahead, Mark. And this is sort of subjective, but I I think we've talked about it so much that it should be. The Corey Feldman episode. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm looking for a specific movie. Oh, oh, um, oh, uh, 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 Zombie X. Um, boy, do the judges accept that title? No. Joe, what was Joe. the, yeah. Zombex. Zombex is right. Fuck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> once again the english language gets in the way um number seven friend of the show brian nesbitowski took over one of mark's picks this year what was the name of the theme he chose mark mark trucker bomb very good number eight this is not a buzzer question you're each going to have your opportunity to answer and whoever gets closest uh will win uh, Cinescare Productions produced our very first feature-length film this year, Never Hike Alone 2. How many views on YouTube does it currently have? Closest Mark. guest wins. Mark. Mark. 2.6 million. All right. Joe. 2.6 and 1 million. Ah, <laughs> uh, you both get a point there because it was 2.6. And I don't, and it doesn't say any more than that. So I'll give you both a point there. Uh, my novel, The Last House, became a bestseller at the end of 2023. It ranked second in U.S. horror behind Mark. Uh, Joe or Mark. Go ahead. Stephen King. Um. Oh, sorry. Damn now, it. Joe, would you like me to finish the question? Yes. My novel, The Last House, became a bestseller at the end of 2023. It ranked second in U.S. horror behind Stephen King's um, book, Let It Bleed. What's Joe's favorite Stephen King horror movie of all time? <laughs> no, no, that's The Shining. Shining. is isn't the name bullshit. of the book. Ding, isn't ding. the name of the book If It Bleeds? Yeah, or If It Bleeds. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If It Bleeds. Sorry, yeah. I just misread that. <laughs> that's some bullshit. Uh, Once again. Oh, that was good stuff. Um, Cheating. <laughs> number, number 10. So Joe got that one. Joe's ahead. Four to three with, with uh, two questions left. This year, Cinescare covered two franchises in our picks. Name them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know one. I don't know the other one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mark. Yes. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. Uh, um, Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Very good. <coughs> yes. We just did that. We just Garbage did day. <laughs> Garbage day. Um, I couldn't remember Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the life of me. So thanks, yeah. Mark. Yeah. <coughs> you gave him that one. Uh, number 11. Last but not least, uh, not that it matters at this point, but uh, not number 11. Last, oh, this, this is 10 points. This is the 11th one. Uh, last summer, which horror movie had the misfortune of being released on the same weekend as Barbenheimer? Joe. Joe. Cobweb. Very good. And there, Joe wins six to three. So. Actually, that last one was worth 10 points. Wasn't it 15 to three, according to Mark? Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, 15 to three. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Mark, I can't uh, I can't believe that you remember Texas Chainsaw one. Massacre, but not Silent Night, Deadly Night, which was Dark the last episode day. we did. <laughs> I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else anybody wants to say. Uh, any any movies you wanted to touch on that we didn't talk about today? Uh, I I would like to, and this is kind of inconsequential, but um, while I had enough energy to get out of COVID for at least an hour and a half to try to watch something closer to two hours, I revisited Christine. Huh. 1983, Stephen King, Christine, the, yeah, was it the Buick Regal or Forefront? I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I we had talked about it before and I had said something about, I hope they never remake this. And mm-hmm. Mark, of course, poured an icy cold bucket of water on me and said, Oh, they're remaking it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to go back and revisit it to see if it was as good as it was in my head. And if it still holds up and I got to admit it holds up pretty damn well. And I still yeah. vote that they should just leave it the hell alone. Yeah. Fantastic watch. Yeah. There's no, uh, and that was on, that was on Pluto for free. Excuse me. And speaking of Stephen King, I also wanted to point out that I just got done reading the book Billy Summers. Uh, It came out in 2021, Stephen King book. And it's about a hired um, sniper, like professional killer. He's hired by somebody to shoot somebody to sort of keep them quiet. And things go awry. This is not a horror film. This is not, I'm sorry, this is not a horror book. This is just a Stephen King story, kind of like, um, mi- no, well, not misery, um, Shawshank Redemption, you know, that type of thing, Green mm-hmm. Mile. Not exactly a feel good thing, but, um, and of course, the main character does fancy himself to be a writer because if he didn't, it wouldn't be a Stephen King film. Yeah, we get it. You like the type. Uh, but this book is worth a read. It's, uh, I, I recommend it. It's, it was a little slow getting started, but I, I, during COVID, I read the last 325 pages of it in like one day. So mm. it's, uh, if you can block out everything else and just focus on this book, it's, it's, it actually is quite for a Stephen King book. It's quite steadily paced. Nice. You know, he, towards the end of the book, he doesn't take 
six pages to describe somebody walking from point A to point B. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend it. Nice. Good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, other movies, obviously we didn't, none of us, uh, included, uh, never hike alone two on our lists because that would be obviously a conflict of interest since we were producers on that movie. Uh, but we do highly recommend that you go to YouTube and check it out. It's free and it's a very, very well done Friday the 13th movie. And it, like we said, it's received 2.6 million views in just the last couple of months, um, which is pretty huge, obviously. So uh, I guess that, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess we need to announce what our next pick is going to be, which is Mark's pick. So, uh, Mark, let us know what we should be watching for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so the topic is going to be a Toby Hooper marathon. Oh. Um, so got five films. Hoopa. Uh, Hoopa. What? Nothing. Go ahead. Quit playing with yourself, oh. Hoopa. <laughs> yeah, Hoopa. Um, so the first one is going to be Life Force, 1985. You can find that on Tubi. Uh, Mortuary, 2005, also on Tubi. Poldergeist, 1982. That's going to be on Tubi. A lot of Tubis. Uh, Eden Alive, 1976. Also on Tubi, Peacock, and AMC+. And then 2004, Toolbox Murders on Amazon Prime. What was the second one you said? Mortuary. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Mortuary is one. Yeah, that's one that I've been meaning to watch. Um, so, yeah, no, that's great. So that's Life Force, Mortuary, Poltergeist, Eden Alive, and Toolbox Murders. Excellent. Uh, th those, that's going to be fun. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, big I fan guess, of Life Force. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen. I actually have the only one of these I have seen is Poltergeist. Believe Ooh, it or not, never seen Life Force. Awesome. Well, yeah, I haven't seen. You're gonna it. love it. Any of the other? I really think you're gonna love it. Yeah. Good. Uh. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this time, and we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Frog in my throat. So mute, M Matt, mute, Joe, mute. It's a trap. Shut up. Uh, yeah, I love the anal thing. If Brian had fucked me, what the fuck, Brian? And then I just start making out. He fucked me. Just make me happy. I don't have girlfriends sometimes.